0: Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us, and we have uh, some special guests today with us. Pastor Corey, would you like to introduce them?
1: Yeah, thank you, Tim. Uh, it's good to always be back on the, the podcast. Uh, today we have our our friend and our brother in Christ, uh, Tyson West, who is uh, who serves with adult and teen challenge uh, a christian recovery ministry um, and tyson has with him uh david uh you guys say hi uh briefly hello tyson and- hello. hello tyson is on i don't know if the camera is going to flip it but tyson is right there with the beard and david is without a beard just to be clear <laughs> uh, good to have you guys here uh, and we want to talk about the ministry of adult and teen challenge uh, a very important ministry and, and what God is doing there. And uh, and also a bit of the COVID-19 and how it might be impacting your ministry and how we can uh, we as a church, we as Christians can support what God is doing there. So good morning. I think it's morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I, I'm losing track. I don't know about <laughs> you, but uh, hey, Tyson, good to see you again. Would you tell us a bit about yourself sure. and what, what God's at Adult and yeah Challenge. good seeing
2: you guys both and thanks for uh thanks for this opportunity yeah my name is tyson west and uh i actually grew up in the town of palouse and i uh, graduated in 1994 my family owned a grocery store there west food city for uh, three generations and i worked uh, i worked there in middle school and all through high school and uh loved the town of palouse i have a lot of family history there <coughs> and uh uh, my story is really, I, you know, I played sports, played football and basketball, uh, but I had access to the beer cooler there at my dad's store. And uh, so on the weekends, uh, uh, do a little drinking, have maybe a bonfire or something like that after a game. And uh, really that started causing some issues for me. Uh, that's where it all started. Um, had a taste of, uh, taste of that drink, taste of that alcohol. I thought, wow, boy, this is what life is all about. This is the good stuff. This is, I want to pursue this. And, uh, and so, know yeah, I left Palouse, went to college, um, went to college, Spokane Falls Community College and in went into the, um, the photography program there was working at, at a grocery store in Spokane. Um, but those things got in the way of my, my party usage and, uh, pretty much that's how my, my whole life went. Um, I would, uh, I would pursue something. I would pursue a job. I would pursue a relationship. Uh, ended up moving down to, to the, uh, the Portland area. I had a decent job down there. Um had a decent relationship with uh, with a woman down there. And um, but again, all those things got in the way of my substance abuse. So um I lived in that insanity for about 20 years and uh it got pretty bad, it spiraled out of control, um, got into quite a bit of legal trouble. Uh, the legal trouble uh, really kind of woke me up and I thought, wow, okay. Um locked up in jail, I was locked up in Whitman County, locked up in Lataw County, locked up in Spokane County, all these different counties. And uh, each time would wake me up, man, I got to do something different. Something isn't working. And so I tried treatment, uh, um, <clears throat> had a son out of wedlock around this time. And uh, so I had some motivation to change. And uh, treatment would, uh, it was beneficial for, for some time. But, um, but just the pull of the cravings and things of the world always drew me back out. And, uh, um, you know, it was unfortunate. Uh, I became a full-fledged meth addict, full-fledged heroin addict, because I kept pursuing that that thing, that good. I wanted that good feeling, and it just it uh, was never enough. you needed more and more. I ended up on the streets of Spokane, um, broke my family's heart because you know now I'm just this homeless uh, drug addict on the streets, in and out of jail numerous times. Not in my son's life, not in their life. Um, altogether, I've had 30 criminal charges. Because of, uh, because of my substance abuse. All connected with drinking or using uh, all those things. Not all 30 of those charges had stuck, but, um, <clears throat> but uh, it got pretty bad. It got, got to a dark point. It got to where I'm eating out of garbage cans. And so how did, that, how did that, that kid growing up in the town of Palouse, that decent kid with a decent family, working at the grocery store, playing, you know, MVP of my senior year on my football team, how did that guy end up eating out of garbage cans on the streets? you know and I, that's where i found myself and uh it got old it got tired it got uh um, just depressing and lonely and um so i got picked up on a my really my last criminal charge uh it was back in 2011 it was a felony charge and um uh, i was done i was a little bit relieved because okay now i okay i'm getting picked up this is my second felony i'm going to go down for a little while i can't run anymore i can't live this lifestyle anymore and uh, in, when I was in booking at uh, the Spokane County Correctional Facility, there was one book on the bookshelf, and it was a New Testament. It was an NLT version of Study Bible, How to Find God. And, and I was 34, and I've, I was running from the Lord for, for years, made fun of Christians. I thought it was for weak minded people. And, um, but all throughout this time, the Lord was kind of drawing me in, he was, he was wooing me in just through ministries and through street outreaches. And, and so I think that's what drew me to. To say yes to picking up that Bible, uh, I started reading the Word. It was a study Bible. It helped me understand um, God's love for me. It helped me understand sin and 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 how sin entered the world and how I was born into sin, and how all this all this time I'm I'm pursuing this fulfillment, I'm looking for fulfillment in all these wrong things and the drugs and the alcohol and the party lifestyle and this rebellion, basically us to have relationship with him and find our fulfillment in him and it led me to uh to understand god's plan of salvation and how he sent his son to take the penalty of sin to really remove my sin um personally so that i can if i put my faith in him then i can be restored to him and have a restored relationship with him. so i said yes to, to jesus right there in the jail cell 23 hour lockdown i gave my heart to jesus and it's a study Bible, so I'm I'm in and out of this New Testament, going back and forth to different scriptures, and it's finally coming to life to me. I picked up the Bible before, and numerous times, and it didn't really make sense. Start on page one, man, that just doesn't make sense. But now it's coming to life to me. Um, I'm able to make collect calls, and the only person that would take my collect calls is my grandma Frances back in Palouse, <clears throat> and I'm telling her, hey, I'm a Christian now, you know, and and she said, well, <clears throat> you know, God can't be mocked, you know, because I tried. Uh, I tried getting clean numerous times. And, uh, I mean, so many times I think all together, I think adult and teen challenge was program number 14 for me. And, um, and so I ended up, uh, uh, I got transferred out to to Geiger and Geiger. It's, there's more of an open area. It's more common area. So I'm doing Bible studies with, with other believers that are locked up there. And there's people that are coming out, volunteering and doing chapel messages and, and doing worship and and, uh, and I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm weeping and, and I'm just experiencing God's goodness and his freedom. And uh, I only had to do 45 days for that charge because my previous felony was so far, it was over 10 years prior. And so after 45 days, they released me. The first thing I did was I bummed, bummed a cigarette from the first person I saw. And then I went down to the convenience store and I panhandled and I got a beer. And then I went back to the dope man's house and said, hey, look how good I'm looking. Can you front me something? And so just like that, I was right back in that, right back in that wickedness, right back in the vomit. <clears throat> but this time it was different because now I have the Holy Spirit and I, I have this conviction in me. Like, what am I doing? Because I'm thinking this is freedom. You know, I'm out here, I can do whatever I want. I can get high and, and live this party lifestyle. So yeah, this is freedom. But, but I realized that I was more free in jail, locked up, growing in my relationship with the Lord than I am, than I was out here doing whatever I, whatever I wanted. And so what I needed was I needed a, I was a newborn Christian, 34, 20 years of substance abuse. How do I, how do I live a life following Jesus? How, how do I become, how do I live, live out my faith in Jesus Christ? How do I be a disciple of Christ and man of God? So I reached out to my father who lives in Coeur now. And, uh, uh, he let me come and, and, uh, stay with them for, for a few days. Um, uh, he had always tried to get me into this program, Adult and Teen Challenge. He heard about it from his sister, uh, my aunt Nancy, lives down in Santa Maria, California. There's a, a women's team challenge that goes to their church once a year. They present the ministry, and these women get up and they share their to- their testimonies. And so my aunt Nancy reached out to my dad and said, "Hey, there's this Christian program. It's a men's program in Spokane. I think that's what Tyson needs. He needs long term. He needs he needs Christian discipleship." And so, uh, staying with my dad, um, you know, after that little runner I went on, and uh, he asked me, "Hey, what do you think about get, going to Adult and Teen Challenge?" He said, "I'll get, I'll pay the intake fee." And so that was uh, that was in May, 2011. He helped me get to an Adult and Teen Challenge, and uh, I haven't left yet. So it's been, uh, you know, nine years, clean and sober, serving the Lord. Um, I uh, was hired here, hired on here in 2013. I bounced around to to numerous uh, positions and and now I'm I'm honored and blessed to be the executive director of this men's campus. Right now we have uh, 34 guys in our program and I get the opportunity of being able to reach out and serve men that were just like myself, caught up in the bondages of drugs and alcohol, find freedom in Jesus and Christ. And now looking back, when I look at that guy who's in the dumpster, digging, digging through, you know, looking for food or whatever I was doing, digging through garbage cans, <clears throat> never in a million years that I think that I'll be executive director of a men's residential. Recovery program. recovery That's the power of Christ.
1: That is awesome. God is good. God is so good. Thank you for sharing your, your story with us, Tyson. And, uh, so adult and teen challenge was used by God to, um, Uh, to help your life get restored. Obviously you were already a believer at that point, but can you tell us a bit before we hear David's story uh, a bit, how adult and teen challenge works, Uh, you know, maybe a little bit about its history and foundation and and as a ministry. Yeah, sure. I'd love to.
2: Yeah. So, so I needed a safe haven to go. I needed a place to go where I can learn, where I can be challenged and learn what it, means to follow Jesus, to be discipled. And so that's what this is. This is a, it's a safe haven where men, we have, we have women's campuses also, but, but here at our campus where men can come, who are struggling with life controlling issues who they look back at their past and say, man, what I'm doing isn't working. Every single guy here, that's what they have in common is what I was doing wasn't working. I need to do something different. And so this is a safe place where, where guys can come, where they can learn what it means to, to follow Jesus. Um, <clears throat> guys are, uh, Guys are challenged here. Guys are um, encouraged here. Uh, so, so right, we're we're a faith-based residential recovery program, and so um, what that means is is um, guys are doing life here. There's there's multiple aspects of the program. There's the education piece. Guys are learning, learning scripture, learning who Jesus is, um, learning the Bible. There's the um, scripture memorization. There's weekly goal setting based based upon scriptures. There's the, the community piece. You know, we have uh, 34 students and brothers going through the same thing together, encouraging each other, holding each other accountable. There's an the outreach piece. A big part of recovery is giving back. Really, Christ's, God's heart is outreach. He reached out to us. And so, so why shouldn't we be reaching out into our community? We want to impact our community. So usually, we're not, we're not right now because of COVID-19, but usually we're in schools. We're talking about prevention. We're doing... We're doing street fairs. We're doing service projects in the community. That's a big part of it as well. Um, Another part is the vocational training. Guys are working. Guys work four days a week, so they're they're supporting part of the cost of their program. They're learning transferable job skills. Um, I don't know about you, but work can be stressful. It can be difficult. And and when you struggle with addiction, usually in addiction, usually it's uh, uh, I want this feeling. I want to feel good, so I'm going to use this substance. Or it's it's I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm, I'm feeling stressful, I want to escape that, that experience. So you, the old life, a guy might uh, like work as stressful, you know what, I'm just going um, to walk off, I'm going to quit, or I'm going to go get loaded to cope. So through the vocational training piece, guys are learning really how to cope, how to work, how to work into the Lord, how to work as a team, how to take direction, how to deal with authority. 100% of our guys that come in here struggle with issues of authority. And, and so really, so how to, you know, how how to reconcile that, how to maneuver through that. And some guys, they get elevated to positions of authority themselves. So how to run a team, how to run a crew. And, and uh, if there's failure, you know, there's, I don't know about you, but, uh, but I fail. There's, um, you know, I'm not a perfect guy. So when there's failure, failure, so how, how do we, uh, how do we help train our guys to, to grow through that failure? To confess it to a brother to ask for prayer to come back here to to grab somebody in leadership and and uh, you know ask for prayer or ask for counseling through that so so there so there's the there's the um, education piece there's the outreach piece there's the community piece the vocational training piece, and then the the recreation really how to have fun um, without drugs and alcohol so we usually we go to Christian concerts we do Rock climbing and snowshoeing and white water rafting and um, Christian concerts, things like that. So, so that's uh, um, that's kind of the program in a nutshell. Um, a, a big piece too is family restoration. And most of our guys here, their um, their families uh, lost their their loved one, their son, their 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 father, their their brother, um, due to addiction. And so then when they're here, um. A lot of families, especially parents, a lot of mothers, they sleep well at night because they're knowing that my son is in a safe place and he is doing good. His life is changing and his countenance is changing and light is returning to his eyes. And so that's a big piece of it, too. Uh, History wise, Dalton Teen Challenge. um, Dalton Teen Challenge formed back in 1958. Pastor David Wilkerson, he felt um, he he was commissioned. His call was... His call was, I need to get rid of my TV too. It's too distracting. Um, I find myself at night, just zoning out on the TV for a couple hours. God called him to get rid of his TV and spend that time with him. And so within that prayer time, as he's, he's just, he's just before the Lord quiet before the Lord, um, encountering Jesus as he's, as he's doing that, that's where he received the commission to go into the inner city of, of New York and to, uh, um, share the love of Christ with his youth that were on the streets that were caught up in gangs and caught up in violence and caught up in drug addiction. And it was a kind of a crazy commission. Um, and he was a, he was a rural pastor in Pennsylvania. And he, he um, loaded up in his car and, and uh, actually went to this murder trial that was taking place where there were seven youth on trial, for this gang related murder. And um, he walked in there walked into the, courtroom thinking, uh, I'm going to talk to the judge and I'm going to ask him if I can tell these youth that, that God loves them and that God has a plan and a purpose for them and, and that God can transform them. And it's a high profile court uh, case because it's a murder trial and it's gang related. And so he walks into the courtroom and uh, the judge has him thrown out. <clears throat> and so he's out in the foyer and he's feeling dejected because he's this young pastor and he thought, "Boy, well, I thought I heard, I thought I heard the Lord clearly. He wanted me to come out here and minister to these youth. And it's a, it's a high profile court case. So there's photojournalists there and a the photojournalist journalist asked him, Hey, what's in the briefcase? So he pulls out this Bible and uh, they snap a photo of it. So he's got a somber look on his face. He's holding up this Bible, takes a photo of it and it makes the front page of the newspaper. And uh, so feeling dejected, he thinks, uh, you, you know what, I'm not going to go home. God brought me out here for a reason. And so he goes down to the, the neighborhood where this murder took place and he and he's just, he's just wandering around that neighborhood. And uh, there's a youth that recognized him from the front page of that newspaper. And he said, hey, you're that preacher. You got kicked out of that court case. Got kicked out of the courtroom. And he said, hey, if they're against you, then you're one of us. And so that's what opened the door for him to have a relationship with these youth. And then he just started ministering to them, started telling them that Jesus loved them. It actually, it actually started this movement. Where uh, there are certain volunteers that would come along, come alongside him, and, and they would do these street corner rallies with music. And gang leaders would be coming up and radically um, giving their life to Jesus, really exchanging their weapon of choice for a Bible and saying yes to Jesus. And as the gang leaders were going up, a lot of the gang, a lot of the followers would go up too, and they're saying yes to Jesus, and there's weeping, you know, and and I mean, like a powerful revival taking place. And then all the volunteers would, they would pack up and they would, they would leave. And so then all the youth were left left out in the same in the same environment that they were in. And so they would slip right back into what they knew. Very similar to my story. When I got out of jail, I was on fire for the Lord, but I slipped right back into what I knew. And so they raised some funds. They bought a house in Brooklyn in 1958. And then that's when they started bringing back these youth to this house and challenging them, uh, challenging them to live a new new way of life by pursuing Jesus and sharing the gospel of Christ so you, you fast forward 60, what is it, 62 years later, now there's over 260 campuses across the country. There's one in at least every state. It's actually a global organization. It's the largest organization of our kind. There's 1,400 campuses across the globe. And still with the, still with the, the, the same message, we're still bringing, bringing folks that are struggling um, back to the safe, safe haven so we can disciple them so they can experience... Freedom of Christ and the, the new transformed life that Christ has for them.
1: That is awesome. It, it's an amazing uh, ministry of God, work of God. And, you know, a lot of people focus on the bad news in the world, but you know, God is working through adult and teen challenge and other ministries and missions all the time. And so it's so encouraging to, I've, I've heard the foundation story, but it's good to hear it again. It's good to hear your story and just, remember uh, that our God is working to restore people to wholeness and to relationship with him. So uh, yeah. thank you for, for sharing your story and the story of Adult and Teen Challenge. And do you want to introduce uh, David to us uh, and, and hear a bit of his story? Uh, we'd yeah. Love to hear. Yes, I would love to.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is David. And uh, David, how, how long are you in your program? I've been in here 11 months. So 11 months, he's got a, he has a month to go. And uh, he's, uh, he came to us from a small town, so that's why I wanted to invite him to, to share his story with us.
1: Cool, welcome David, Let, let's hear your story. We're, we're thankful to have you here. Okay,
3: so um, my name's David, I'm 30 years old. Um, I'll give you a little snapshot of kind of what my life looked like growing up. I um, had a pretty good life, uh, family-wise, um, my parents grew up when I was young. Um, we were Christians. We'd go to church. Um, the time I was 12 years old, I lost two of my brothers from drugs and alcohol. Um, after that, my family fell apart. My mother started drinking. Um, my sister dropped out of school. And I was, I was I started to become a runner then. I didn't uh, resort back to drugs and alcohol or anything like that. I was resolute to not end up like my brothers and keep going forward. Um, that happened. I went through high school. Um, when I was about 17, I quit, uh, I couldn't play sports anymore. And so I started drinking a lot. Um, it got so bad. At the time I was 22, uh, I had a head on collision with a semi on I 90 going the wrong way. Which, uh, you know, that's when I got a first experience of what God really was because an off duty paramedic driving from Spokane or from Olympia, from Spokane to Olympia, decided to pull over or I would be dead. Um, uh, you know, he had to get me to the hospital. I was in a coma for a week. Um, I broke almost every bone in my body. Uh, I woke up a week later in a coma. Um, They told me that I didn't have any spine injury or any head injury. Um, I lived in the hospital for about four months. Um, And being 22 years old, I didn't have an identity in anything. Um, And after that, uh, you know, doctors telling me I wasn't gonna walk normally again, I wasn't gonna be able to run. Um, And so after that, I get out uh, and I started getting my hands on prescription medications. Um, I was able to uh, get any medication I wanted from doctors, manipulate them, um, which ended up being really bad for me. Uh, I got Adderall and I didn't have ADHD, but I liked the way it made me feel. Um, I res- My body got restored like 95%. I'm able to run again. I'm able to walk uh, everything the doctor said that wasn't going to happen, happened. I, um, after that, I just continued to take uh, medications, and then I lost my father from a heroin overdose. Um, I lost, and then shortly after that, I lost the guy who saved my life from the wreck. And I decided to kind of get my act together. I met a God-fearing woman, um, and I looked at all her values, and I I expected her to fix me. Um, I've never been to counseling or anything like that, and I just wanted everything that her family had and what she had and um, it turned into that didn't stop me I got comfortable again and I started drinking and then I got a couple DUIs and she kept me in jail and after I was in jail I really was ready to be strong and I um, got out and I didn't I got secular treatment I heard about teen challenge I didn't want to go to Teen Challenge for a year, so I just decided to live in deception still. Um, I kept lying to my wife. I wasn't drinking or smoking pot or anything, but I was taking my Adderall and I was abusing it until the point where um, everything just came to an end and she left me. Um, I tried to get sober again and go into sober living house and stuff like that, and I just didn't want to take it anymore. And her pastor, um, I called him and I would just wanted to end my life. And he told me about Teen Challenge again, I came in here. And at first I was reluctant about it, but I needed something. And I came in here and it was just right away. I just had this presence out about me and I got divorce papers two weeks in. So I was like, okay, now I have to completely surrender, have obedience. Um, And God has changed my life in this program. I have so much joy with all my brothers here. Um, I know my identity is in Christ now. Um, I have hope for my future, what I want to do. And to look back on my past and what God's actually pulled me out of, of that semi-wreck of, you know, losing my brothers and my father and just getting me through all that. And then bringing me to this place where I'm excited for what's next and what's to come is just unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I got been amazing and i'm just gonna keep keep going
1: praise god uh david uh man god is a god of life life abundant and um i'm just thankful for what he has he has done for you and so you got about a month left in the the year-long program yep the last few months haven't been exactly what we expected i guess (laughs) right (laughs) hey i mean we have
3: we have a gym here and stuff like that so it's it's actually better to be in here than out there <laughs>
1: so yeah yeah i don't have a gym uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh well thank you for sharing your story and being willing to do that and i just uh excited that uh, that god's doing that in your life and you know tyson one of the things i know uh people can do to support the ministry is sponsor a student um is a student the right term sponsor a student like yes. david yeah. in the program yep. and tell us a little bit more about how we could support team challenge whether it's sponsoring somebody like david or or other ways we can support uh the good stuff god's doing there in your ministry yeah thank you so
2: much um you know it's a this is a unique time to to lead a men's center right it's a unique time to lead a church uh, it's it's a unique unique time period and so I just pray for us, you know, pray for, pray for my team. We region-wide, we've had a furlough of 50 staff members. Uh, you know, so pray for our team, pray for uh, our team's families, pray for our students. Uh, it's it's kind of difficult right now because um, we usually have visits, family visits on Sundays. So families can come and they can visit their students in the program, but we've had to pull those currently. Um, there's a, a point in a guy's program where he's eligible for passes. And so he can go, Go spend uh, spend a weekend with his family. We've had to pull those as well. And so, um, what we've done is we've increased the amount of phone calls our students can have. We have started doing video chat so they can you know they can see their families face to face. But but um, just pray pray for us. You know this is a unique time. Um, really, this is drawing us closer together as a team, and it's drawing us closer together with our students too because we're journeying through this together. And this is this is really where where the our faith really meets the road right is is a god is our provider god is our our health god is our healer he's our strong tower we run to well now we get to actually live that out so um financial um if uh, yeah, if anybody would like to sponsor a student that's a great way to stay connected with us it's a great way to stay connected with the ministry and with our students i mean our students are our heroes you know making that bold step to to leave behind that, that old life and put in the hard work of, of uh, recovery and, and pursuing Jesus and um, uh, his restoration. So the student sponsorship program, uh, you can do that. Uh, you can go to our webpage, team challenge, com, And uh, there's a, just follow the donation link. And then there's a, a sponsorship uh, a link there as well. It's $45 a month. And um, you get the, you get a student photo and a bio, um, you get, get our address and then you can you can encourage our student, you can pray for them, you can write encouraging letters, you can send uh, care packages or birthday gifts or things like that. And it's really encouraging for our students but it also helps
1: us financially as well. Thank you for uh, sharing that and uh, you know, Every ministry, as you've been sharing, has been impacted by this COVID uh, nineteen situation. But but God's still in charge. God's still good, and God's still um, saving lives and changing yes. lives. Kingdoms. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, do you have any uh, questions for for Tyson or or David?
0: Well, I, you know, honestly, I just. After listening to both of their testimonies, I didn't really want to ask a question. <laughs> I was just so, um, so drawn in. Yeah. Um, I guess I do have uh, just. I think Tyson already touched on it a little bit in his last, in one of his last uh, responses. But is there a surprise, blessing, joy that you've experienced in the midst of the the COVID nineteen changes? um, you, you talked about being drawn uh, a little bit closer together as men in the program, but is, is there something, uh, has there been a surprise joy in the midst of this, I guess is the question.
2: (laughs) Well, I would, I would like to share something, I guess. Yes, there is. Um, so about half of our, uh, Funding comes through donor. We're, we're half donor-based, half vocational training-based. The funding that comes through our vocational training programs, and so um, with the this uh, you know governor declared shut-in, um, the majority of our vocational training programs have got uh, um, they've shut down themselves, and so that basically just dried up half of our income stream, and so. And then also all of our thrift stores across the region—we've had to shut those down. We've had big events at some of our campus, so our Seattle Men's, our Graham Women's, and our Missoula Women's campus. They their annual gala or fundraiser, big fundraiser, uh, got postponed. And so you know this is budgeted money that we're that we're depending on. And so um, so to be proactive, we've had to lay off 50, uh, or not lay off, but furlough 50 employees region wide, and. Um, we reached out to some of our major donors and there's several of them that came together and they offered a $125,000 matching gift. And, uh, and, and so our uh, president CEO got on, got on video and he released a video It was just transparent and, and shared what was going on. And then each individual center, each campus, uh, each director was tasked to reach out to our, our, uh, um, Center donors and just present with them with the opportunity one to thank them for their support their faithful support two to pray for them. Uh, not every call was was an ask because some some folks uh, might have got laid off or they're really struggling. Okay, now this isn't a phoneathon call anymore. This is a this is a ministering call, and so we called uh, 500 and um, almost 560 donors and, and just reached out to them. But um, region wide, we've almost uh, not only did we did we the mass 125,000, but um we almost were we're i think we're 16,000 away from actually doubling that so you know on the one hand we were anxious and we were nervous because well, where's it where's our funding going to come from we don't want to close down centers we don't want to we don't want to kick out uh folks that are you know strong in their recovery we're not kick them back out on the streets but god is faithful so um that's that is you know i mean it's just humbling Um, our campus uh, alone, God used us to bring in just over $60,000, you know, of that, that amount. And it's nothing I can take credit for. You know, we had, we had donors even calling me before we called them and said, Hey, see what's going on. We want to be able to support God has moved up, moved it on their heart to support this mission. So, um, just humbling and pretty exciting what God's doing there. Man,
1: man, praise God. Um, he's providing God and, uh, Teen Challenge PNW, like Pacific Northwest, right? TeenChallengeW.com. TeenChallengePNW.com. Um, there's a donate link there. There's more about the, the ministry there. Uh, someone might be listening to this and may have a family member or a friend, um, uh, that, um, that needs the ministry in some ways. And, and they, uh, are you still taking, uh, having intake for folks, uh, during this yes. time? Yeah, yeah, we
2: are. We, we have more of a stringent, uh, screening process, but, but, uh, you know, addic- when you get caught in addiction, that deep in addiction, it's pretty hopeless. And then you add the COVID-19 crisis going on. There's a lot of hopelessness and people are reaching out for help. So we want to be
1: available. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing the ministry, Tyson and David. And uh, we're just praying for you guys. And uh, we're just so thankful to be partners in, in God's work together. And uh, uh, yeah, Tim, you want to take us out?
0: Yeah, I will do that. And and uh, you know, the last thing Tyson said just reminded me of I was writing some notes yesterday to some people and um, kind of brought to mind, <clears throat> excuse me, a scripture from Lamentations, which I always feel is a strange place to look for hope. Um, but there's a beautiful scripture. I think it's three twenty-two to twenty-three. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Then and then it ends. Great is your faithfulness, and God really is a faithful God, and uh, that's certainly something we can be thankful for uh, in this season, um, knowing that uh, he has been faithful, and he will be faithful for us, whatever we're facing, so thank you, Tyson, thank you, David. Uh, Hey, Tim,
1: I forgot something. A team from Adult and Teen Challenges is, Lord willing, going to come down to the Palouse area and do some work projects and meet in churches towards the end of the summer. Um, we've been planning this for before COVID-19 and, and we're still praying that that, that will happen. So keep your ears open folks for, yes. for Tyson and, and a whole group of guys coming down, camping nearby, doing some work projects in Garfield and Palouse and, and then sharing in churches. So uh, we're, we're praying that will still happen. And, yeah, and we're, so excited. we're looking forward to that. Yes. Amen.
0: Thank you, you guys. Thank you. Well, again, thank you, uh, Tyson and David, and thank you all for listening and watching. This has been Tim Seavers and Pastor Corey uh, coming to you from our uh, Zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington, and we hope you all have a blessed day.